Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All gas, no break. And now we have liftoff. Welcome to the Now We Have Liftoff New York Jets podcast. And for the first time, and now we have liftoff New York Jets podcast history. I am your host, John June, coming to you live from YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. And, of course, I got my guy, Frank Jim Piccolo. Frank, how are we feeling, man? Oh, it's a happy Victory Monday, bro. I, I'm excited. I'm excited. Like, this is the biggest win the Jets probably had since, like, 2015 when we beat the Pats. 100%, bro, 100%. Uh, since 2015, I mean, that was last competitive year of Jets football that we saw. And so this this game yesterday, I mean, it had a lot. And obviously we're going to break it all down as we always do. Not on a Tuesday, though. We usually do it on Tuesday. This show is being taped on Monday or being recorded on Monday. And so, um, you know, we've got some some travel arrangements ahead of us, ahead of myself. And so I won't be here. And so, Frank, we decided to do this on a Monday and talk about this Jets win. We're going to talk about their next game as well, but we could talk about that later. I want to talk about this win, Frank. And so the New York Jets have a thrilling win over the uh, previously one in or two and one Tennessee Titans. Uh, the Jets were zero and three. Obviously, uh, they end up winning twenty seven twenty four in overtime. Just a phenomenal effort by this team. Uh, the you know fighting back from adversity. Uh, Zach Wilson, you know he didn't. It was up and down performance from him. Twenty one to thirty four, two hundred ninety seven yards, two touchdowns, one interception. The the one interception, not even really his fault. Corey Davis slips on the route there. Um, but he he showed grit. Uh, he showed a willingness to fight, and he showed that playmaking ability that we we knew he had, we knew he possessed, and we we're just kind of waiting to really see, you know, come to fruition and, and really be out there on the field. Frank, what were your overall you know impressions of Zach Wilson and, and how he played in this game? Kind of what you just said, right? Up and down. I thought at spurts he played really well. Um, that pass to Keelan Cole where he fumbled the snap and still had the awareness to pick it up and throw a dart 
down the field was really impressive. You know, I think most quarterbacks, rookie and veterans, would have probably just jumped on the ball, not wanting something bad to happen. But he knew that the ball was right in front of him, and he picked it up and made a good play. You know, he, you know, everyone looks at that uh, play where he got flushed out to his right and threw that 50-yard bomb to Corey Davis. You know, he just – he looked more poised in the second half and later in the in the first half. Like, like the game slowed down for him a little bit and kind of had a feeling that was going to happen. Uh, Tennessee is a, a good defense, not as good as the last couple of defenses that we played, but Tennessee really does well against quarterbacks that kind of just sit in the pocket, and that's not Zach Wilson. Yeah, I mean Zach Wilson definitely, you know, made his money on those off-schedule plays, and uh, again, that's what that's what the Jets said when they drafted him that they were they they saw his playmaking ability, his ability to make plays outside of structure, and they felt that he was, you know, something that someone that could come in here and help uplift this team, and at times this team had to uplift him and. One part of that was the offensive line. I mean, I think overall they played much better yesterday. They only allowed one one sack to Zach Wilson there. So, um, you know, one sack of Zach Wilson. So, you know, they, they definitely played better. There, there wasn't as much pressure as we've seen in recent weeks on Zach Wilson, which was nice to see for sure. And, and you know, to see him move a little bit, he had that one – that one play, I mean, like you said, there were a couple plays where he just didn't, you know, he didn't play. He made some boneheaded mistakes. Let's just put it plain and simple, right? Uh, you know, the 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 play near the uh, on the end of the game in in overtime, right? When you're potentially getting in a, in a position to score a touchdown, and the Jets are aggressive with the play call. Michael LaFleur calls an aggressive play call, getting the naked boot there with Zach Wilson, uh, one-man route. And Zach Wilson tries to play hero and try to score, try to run in the game-winning touchdown when it's like, hey, man, just dump that ball away. Robert Sala said they were going to go for it on the next play. So, you know, live to play another down. You know, you'd rather be at the one-yard line. Instead, he's tackled for – a two yard loss, two, three yard loss. And, and, and the Jets are now kicking a field goal. So, you know, definitely want to see some improvement there, but the offensive line absolutely played much better. Frank, what were your thoughts of the offensive line yesterday? Well, the offensive line played by and far their best game of the year. Uh, according to next gen stats, there was only, there was one sack, one quarterback hit, and six pressures in 35 dropbacks yesterday. So I thought that was that was good. Um, I think Wilson had had to do a lot with that, right? Because you saw a lot of times like he had that like patented spin move, like we see Baker do on occasion, and it seemed like every time that there was a rush coming, he would he would he would do that naked spin and just make magic happen. It was almost like Johnny Manziel, like when he played uh, college. Um, 
But that's the stuff we saw saw BYU from him, like when he's rolling out and waving Corey Davis to go to go long. You know, I would just like to see. I would like to see more from in the pocket, but the more I think about it, I, I don't think he's going to be that quarterback. I think this is the game yesterday is what he's going going to be like. I think we're going to have a lot of Brett Farvish type moments and games where he's going to drive us crazy, where he's going to have three interception games, four interception games, and then the next week he's going to throw for 450 yards and four TDs. I think we're just going to have to live with that. And you know what? He's probably the most talented quarterback we've had since Joe Namath. And if that's what we have to live with, then rather than the dink and dunk and the type of quarterback play that the Jets have had since Joe Namath, that's what we're going to have to do. And I, I, I don't want to hear us fans BSing about it, you know, when he does have a bad game or an off game. Look, I, I will live with the two, three interception games now, but when we gets to when he gets to year two, year three, I don't I want that stuff to stop, man. Because but I, you could take you could take risk and you could be aggressive. Like Patrick Mahomes is one of the most aggressive quarterbacks in the league, but he has one of the lowest interception rates in the league. Aaron Rodgers prides himself on not turning the ball over, right? So like you at one at one point you have to you know, I'll live with those plays now as a rookie if you're giving me the high upside plays like he did yesterday. Right. But if you're giving me, you know, if you're dinking and dunking or, you know, things like that, and you're just throwing interceptions, then that's the stuff that's like, you know, anybody could do that. But yeah. But how did Packer fans, some improvement. how did Packer fan, fans feel about Favre? Cause that was, Favre. I mean, we're not talking about Favre. That game was, that game was played so long ago. Favre played. I was thinking about this this morning. Favre didn't break records cause he was, more talented than everybody far broke all these records because he played longer than everybody. Right. And so, you know, what Patrick Mahomes is doing is phenomenal. What Aaron Rodgers is doing is phenomenal. And that stuff that puts you in position to win a game every week, you know, and, and turning the ball over is going to be one of the, is one of the biggest detriments to winning football in the NFL and, and NFL defenses. They pride themselves that on that turning the ball over. And we, you know, we got to stop putting, this defense, right? This defense in bad positions, man, because this defense has been balling. I mean, we've been talking about it. Almost sounds like a broken record right now for three weeks. We've been talking about this defense and the wasted efforts that they have put out. But this defense was absolutely balling yesterday. I don't want to hear anything about, oh, there was no A.J. Brown. There was no Julio Jones. Well, the Jets lost Marcus May in the middle of the week, and that's their best secondary player. Uh, maybe outside, I mean, Bryce Hall's making a really, really good, really good run at that spot. But either way, Marcus May is a key integral part to this defense. And so you can't tell me that, oh, make all these excuses because the same people that were making all these excuses were the same people saying, oh, well, the Titans are going to go in there with their backups and beat the Jets. Like it doesn't matter who they have out there. So at the end of the day, I'm still excited about this defense that had seven sacks. John Franklin Myers was a madman. Uh, Quincy Williams, who I know you you were really high on his performance yesterday. I mean, there were a couple of times I wish he would just look up and try to snag that ball, you know, try to turn it over. But hey, I'll take I'll take the you know the the monster hit every now and every now and then. But especially the way he was playing, uh, Quincy or C.J. Mosley 
That's another one. I mean, he. I think he's back. I, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say, like what you had said, that he's going to make it back to this um, – you know, to this, to this top three inside linebackers. Top three, yeah. Like when you when you go around the league, bro, and you talk about inside linebackers, you know, he you have to put him right there. Like, there's not, there's a handful, maybe a little more than a handful of top tier inside linebackers in the league right now. And I think you have to, if you're not saying C.J. Mosley is one of them, then there's something wrong with you because the way he's playing, the the way he's commanding that defense, putting everybody in the right spots. He's bringing Quince, Quincy Williams along, who was a great pickup for Joe Douglas after he got cut by Jacksonville, teaming him up with his brother. Just the way he – just the way Quincy played football yesterday. Like, the mantra all gas, no break fits fit him to a T yesterday. He was just – like, for a man – his size to pop Derrick Henry like he did a couple times was astounding yeah. to me, man. No, definitely, man. Definitely him. Uh, you know, back to CJ Mosley, 13 tackles yesterday, 10 solos. Quincy had 12 along with 10 solos. Also added a sack for Quincy Williams. But like you were saying before, CJ Mosley, he's just like the air traffic control back there directing everybody. He's telling the D-line where to go. He's turning around, telling the slot corners and the safeties, hey, you you go over here. This is what we're going to do. Checking checking in and out of, of plays, uh, playing chess with Ryan Tannehill. I mean, it's even C.J. Mosley had a, had a one-on-one stick with Derrick Henry, uh, which was, like, you know, good to see, man. And this defensive line, I mean, uh, Mike Vrabel, head coach for the Tennessee Titans, talked about it prior to the start of the game, like earlier in the week. And I sent it to you and you're like, yo, what is Vrabel talking about when he said that, you know, the key to win, them winning this game or that, you know, the, the Jets D line was base, basically stopping them was bait was, was, was going to be the, uh, the key to winning that game against yeah, It was going to be a tall task. I think is what yeah, he said. So, something, something along those lines. Right. Um, and, and they were, I mean, Quentin Williams, Showed up for I – mean, we've been crying about it for – I mean, I know I've been crying about it for weeks now. Like, where's Quinnen? Where's Quinnen? Gets another two sacks in this game. So, you know, him and John Frank, John Franklin Myers was just a madman. I mean, if this guy does somehow does not make it back to in a Jets uniform, next year, like, we riot. There's no other – there's oh, no other – I'm riding. I'm riding. I And, you know – I'm upset with what happened to Vinny Curry, but we talked about it. Next man up, who's going to fill that role? And I, JFM has pretty much filled that big role that Vinny Curry, that you know, that other side of that Lawson would have played, you know, because well, JFM was always going to play this. I, I know we talked no, about no, it. No, yeah, of course, but you know, there was going to be a rotation, more of a rotation if Vinny Curry was didn't come down with his uh, illness. But I think it's JFMs right now because I barely like I don't know about you, but I don't really see uh, Shaq Lawson in the game more than a few reps. Yeah, Sha- Shaq Lawson's Shaq Lawson's in there. Uh, he just you know he doesn't really flash at all. I just see him. Uh, yeah, I mean, he played fifty nine percent of the snaps uh, yesterday. Sheldon Rankin sixty one. I mean, they were all these guys. They rotate in and out. 
right? All these guys are getting snaps, but um, you know, Bryce Huff, man, that's another guy you were re- you were like extremely high on coming into this year, and he is he's absolutely balling. I saw something today; he's top ten in in pass pass run win rate, pass rush win rate, um, which is a stat covered by ESPN or tracked by ESPN, and so you know he's doing he's been doing a phenomenal job there. Yeah, it's um, just Bryce, disapp- it's disappointing, bro, because I. With Carl Lawson and Carl Lawson on this D line, man, bro, it's probably it's probably the best defense in the league. Because Carl how many? Lawson. I mean, I think we're probably maybe we're being I, a little I, hyperbolic. I, there, I, I know I'm being hyperbolic. I know I know I am. But when you think about how many sacks would they have had yesterday? No, obviously, no, definitely seven sacks. Like totally. I don't, I don't think he changes the total outcome. Like I don't think he changes. It might have changed the Carolina game a little bit. Uh, I don't know if we win that game. Probably not. But the other two games, I, I still don't think he had it. You know, four interceptions by Zach. You know, you're not winning that game. And the Denver game was, you know, just an abomination. So I don't know if he changes the overall team perspective. But he definitely makes – This D-line would be scary. This defense would, would be scary. He would take this defense to another level. But that's which is why they need to sign JFM. Yeah, they need to sign JFM, bring him back. Um, and, and I you know, just... and I don't even know if they need to touch the D line besides signing JFM going into the offseason, but that's for later in the year. Yeah. Um let's move on, man. Let's move on. Uh, unless there's anything else. Oh, yeah, no, there was something I wanted to talk about. I almost forgot. You almost let me forget. Bryce Hall. <laughs> Bryce Hall, we talked about it last week. He was, uh, I, you know, I do my my fantasy football research, and so I was looking up defensive backs. And prior to this, you know, this matchup here in week four, using the week three stats, looking at cornerbacks with a minimum of a hundred coverage snaps, but he is first in in target rate per coverage snap. He was ninth in reception rate per coverage snap. And he allowed, I think it was the, the fifth lowest or sixth lowest. This is a, you know, fantasy football, but PPR points per snap in coverage. So basically Bryce Hall has been not getting targeted. And when he is getting targeted, he's not allowing them to catch receptions at a high rate. And he's not allowing many touch. He's not allowing any touchdowns really, and he's not allowing, you know, any big plays really there. And so Bryce Bryce Hall, you know, the cornerback that the New York Jets thought that they were getting back in, but uh, back last year when they drafted him, who fell to you know due to some injury issues, seems like the Jets may have gotten a steal there because he's playing at a you know the level that people thought that he could be at. When he first, uh, when he was first drafted, yeah, you heard uh, a lot of people that said that they had a first or second round grade on him, and he's sure playing like it. Like I, I didn't realize how lanky he is, and I don't mean that in a disparaging comment. Um, more like, kind of like Crow was. Like he's got that makeup speed. He's got long arms. He's just really, really long. Like he's that prototypical solid cornerback. Yeah, man. He, I mean, we've been saying it for a while. He, he's reminiscing a little bit of Richard Sherman, 
uh, just in his body length size, you know, his body length, uh, you know, what do you, he, he showed much better speed than I thought a player, you know, his size would have. Uh, when you look at that play he made yesterday, trailing the defender is able to catch up and stick his arm out there, his long arms and, and make a play on the football. But, um, you know, he played really well. You know, again, the Jets starting safeties were – and Frank, tell me if you've heard these names before. Gerard Nelson – or Gerard Wilson, sorry. I don't even know his name. And Sherrod Neesman. 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 That I know. The Sal is very high on Neesman. Oh, so. okay. Well. But Ashton Davis got in a little bit. Yeah, Ashton Davis did play a little bit. Um, He's working you know, his way back in. Working his way back. I think that's probably where they're at with him. It's just crazy because this defense just doesn't seem like any level of the defense could play together, right? Like we, we're not going to see the D-line without Carl Lawson or Vinnie Curry. We're not going to see – we haven't seen the linebacking unit with, you know, C.J. Mosley, Gerard Davis, and, and now, you know, Quincy Williams. And we've yet to see this this – secondary with Ashton Davis and Marcus May and LaMarcus Joyner all healthy. So we're not going to because Joyner's out for the year. Exactly. So um, let's move on to this next portion of our show. And as you all know, we are covering the New York Jets against the Atlanta Falcons. And this segment here is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL has a five-week offer every football fan should jump on right now. New customers bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was in 1943, so sounds like a no-brainer to me, Frank. Even if the Jets were playing the Jets, there probably wouldn't be a 0-0 tie, but... If the scorebook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prices all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars, $1 million, in total prizes with their first deposit. Download this DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Throw down $1 on any NFL game. Ooh, maybe, maybe you want to bet on the Jets and the Falcons. Maybe you're feeling hot. Maybe at, right after we give our assessment of this game, you might feel uh, you know, free to put some money on it. And then you win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner with the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And with that being said, as I pull up this line here, forgive me. But the New York Jets take on the Atlanta Falcons in London. 9.30 a.m. Eastern kickoff there for us. Woof. I love that. I, I love what I don't like it. What I don't like it, just me personally. 
do? You wake up. I can't drink. I can't drink at 9.30 in the morning. Well, I, fact, I guess it's 5 o'clock somewhere, right? I mean, wait, hold on. You can drink at 9.30 in the morning, Frank, because you tailgate to Jets games. Yeah, this is true. You're and right. what time are you drinking then, Frank? Before 9.30. All right, then. So you <laughs> totally can drink before 9.30 watching the Jets as they travel to London to take on the Atlanta Falcons as three-and-a-half-point underdogs here with an over-under of 46. So there are uh, – Brandon Eccles suffered a concussion injury in this one. Elijah Morris, uh, I think Robert Sala said he's making his way back. Uh, obviously, we saw Jamison Crowder be very involved in the offense in week one uh, alongside Corey Davis. So very curious to see how the Jets respond here. They are a young team who just came out of an overtime win over 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 the Tennessee Titans, who are – you know, our playoff team from last year, from the last two years. So let's remember that there. So, um, you know, they, they end up winning this game in overtime. That It was a three-hour and 48-minute game. This game went on forever. There was five quarters in it, basically. And so for them to travel to London – take on an Atlanta Falcon team who, which this team is very beatable. Like the Jets can 100% go in there and win this game. You know, even if the Jets lost this game, I would be expecting them to go in there and win this game. So all that I laid down on the table, Frank, what are your thoughts on this matchup here with the New York Jets and the Atlanta Falcons? So this is tough because they are traveling to London uh, I was listening to Sal on the Michael K show and he talked about how when he was a part of the Jacksonville staff, he made the trip three times to London. So he's uh, very familiar with, you know, what gives his teams the best chance. Supposedly they they're chartering airplanes that have sleepers for the players. So they're leaving right after Thursday, heading to London the players are going to sleep on the on the plane. Right after they get off the plane, they're going to do their walkthrough. And supposedly, Salah said he's going to make sure that the players stay up to 10 o'clock so they could get two full nights of regular sleep before the game. Wow. I like that. I, I like that a lot. That may help with uh, some of this... Uh, betting stuff. So, hey, you want to go put a dollar, win $100 in free bets, use that promo code TPPN, you know what I'm talking about. But um, let's see. Let's talk about this, right? The Atlanta Falcons, they are a struggling team. They are one in three, as are the New York Jets. But the Atlanta Falcons are a different one in three, right? The Atlanta Falcons were a team that everyone had high expectations for over the last, you know, two, three years. They haven't really met those expectations. And so now they've got a new head coach. They've got a quarterback in Matt Ryan who's getting up there in age. People are questioning whether he can play. Um, <laughs> their offense is kind of weird because they they trot Mike Davis out there 
and try to use him as like this three down back. And then they use Cordero Patterson as like this all offensive weapon, which I think is fine. They throw the ball to Calvin Ridley, but they don't throw it deep. Maybe that has to do with Matt Ryan. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it has to do with play calling. I'm not really sure. Um, and then they have the the rookie, the unicorn, and Kyle Pitts, who their usage of has been, you know, they've been using him up and down uh, as a as as a it's as been a weird. Weapon. It's, it's been, been weird. very weird with Kyle Pitts. So it makes me question like the competency of the coaching staff, which. At this rate, like considering the fact that I Arthur just want Smith, to go on record that you were very high on bringing Arthur Smith here. I was not very high on Arthur Smith. It was Brandon Staley you're thinking of. I'm pretty sure Arthur Smith. I was not opposed to bringing on. <laughs> I but the Jets were also very high on Arthur Smith. No, they were. Of, they were. <laughs> they said Arthur Smith was second, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that, uh, that's what they said first. So. Yeah, but Brandon Staley, that was my guy, and it's uh, he's proven. I, he's proven. I'm mistaken then. You were mistaken. I know. It's okay, Frank. It happens from <laughs> time to time. It happens. Can't get but, the looks in the brain. God didn't bless you with either one, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing handsome, Frank. But anyway um, – yeah, Kyle, the usage of Kyle Pitts has been weird, so it makes me think there's a competency issue here with Arthur Smith, which then makes me think that when I have to if I have to question like competency issues, it's like the it's like the Urban Meyer effect, right? Like with Urban Meyer, like when when they start when they when they got in there, he started making some decisions, and I defended the Urban Meyer hire to be like from the very beginning. I was like, oh, this should be fine. Like, you know, he probably recruited half of these kids. Like, it doesn't matter. The Jags are a young team. Whatever, whatever, whatever. But then he got in and you draft like Travis Etienne with a first round pick when you already have James Robinson, who is an undrafted free agent. Like that's just bad process. And then there's just like some other questionable decision making, like the Gardner Minshew thing, where you like you took reps away from Trevor Lawrence to give him the Gardner Minshew because you Tip had a quarterback up. competition, but then you trade Gardner Minshew for like a sixth round pick. And then once that happened, I was like, they're gonna lose to the Texans in week one. Like, yeah, yeah. And so you forgot that they brought me, they brought Tebow in to try out for yes, tight end. That thing too, which, whatever. I also defended what when they did it because this is prior to the draft. So my my thought my my brain didn't start going down that rabbit hole yet. But after they did it, I was like, well, guess what? We're not talking about. We're not talking about Tim Tebow, or we're not talking about Trevor Lawrence. We're talking about Tim Tebow. But either way, besides the point, that leads me to think that you're going to make poor NFL decisions as well. <laughs> And I think Arthur Smith probably isn't going to do maybe the little things well here for, you know, traveling to London, right? Making sure everything is in the appropriate manner and making sure you put your players in the best position to succeed on Sunday. And I think the Jets, while they are probably feeling high because of this win, um, I think there's a lot of especially on the defensive side of the ball with CJ Mosley and Quentin Williams seems like he's really stepping into that leadership role. Uh, Bryce Hall, I I've known not personally or anything, but just from like reading up on the kid seems like the type of leader uh, that you would want in your locker room. So 
But no, I think that these guys are not going to um, get too high on this win and, and hopefully use it as a springboard into the bye week. Because if the Jets can go into the bye week two and three, right? I'm not, ma- I'm not making anything about playoff prognostications or anything, whatever, right? But two and three would feel make me feel really good about them getting to the six or seven wins that we initially thought that they could get when, when the schedule came out. Like, I, I don't care how they lost in week two or week three. If they can get to two and three before the bye, I, I think that's a win. So I'm picking the Jets to cover the three and a half, and I'm taking the Jets to win the game. Yeah, if you win by one point, lose by one point, win by 40, lose by 40, it still counts the same. And this is a young football team. And I don't think Salah is going to let this team get overconfident. And I, and I don't think – I think the team knows that they're not good enough just to walk into a stadium and strap on their helmet and shoulder pads and beat a team. So normally I'd be worried about a Jet t- – because this is like the classic big Jet win and loss. But we've been saying it for months now that this team just feels different with Salah leading it. So. I'm not worried about that. Boy, it didn't feel different the last two weeks. <laughs> to you, it felt different to me. It it did though, man. It just you did. can't tell me that the Denver loss felt any different than 2020 to you. It did. It did. And the only reason it did is because in 2020 they weren't in a complete teardown mode. Like we knew the teardown should be coming, but we didn't know really know which way the Jets' direction were going to go. Like, we both know the Jets are in phase one of a rebuild. They're re, they're building the foundation right now. Mm-hmm. So, so, we, so we can't have the disillusion that the Jets should be competing for a playoff berth right now. Like, obviously, every week that we're going to root and hope that they win while the game is going on. But like Mondays, when we're breaking down the games, we need to come back to reality and realize this is the youngest team in the NFL with a rookie head coach, a rookie offensive coordinator, a rookie quarterback, and rookies scattered all over this roster that are playing significant time. So it's going to take a hot minute. I just want to see progress going towards the end of the season where they could build upon something in the offseason. And then next year is the year that they compete for a playoff spot. And and that's the important word is the progress, right? Because that's what we saw this week, which we didn't see from week two to week three, right? We saw, if anything, we saw regression, right? But this time we saw them actually, you know, the and the first quarter still wasn't like it wasn't hot. Right, no. like I mean, and they couldn't, rush, we, and they still couldn't really rush the ball. No, right. So I mean, they're losing nine nothing. They end up scoring seven points before the half. The third quarter, they score another three points. Right. So like, it was it wasn't until the fourth quarter where they really came alive, right? And you really felt like, holy crap! But you know what? Gonna, they but, might win this game. But that's what you get with young teams, right? Like all it takes is a little bit of confidence because they're young. So maybe they're, you know, they're feeling bad. You know, they're banging their heads against the wall and nothing's working. And all you need is that little spark. And once they get that spark, they're going to be, their jets are going to just take off. Pun intended. Hey, 
uh, I don't even know how we ended up back to this game. Yeah, but you know, I still I still need to pick the game. You still need to pick the Atlanta game, Frank. So what do you got? I got the Jets, and I think they're going to cover. You got the Jets to cover and win? I got the Jets to cover and win. All right. So uh, who's your lock this week, Frank? Well, let me pull it up on my trusty DraftKings app. The Patriots are nine-and-a-half-point favorites against the Texans. (laughs) And I'm going to take the Pats after that tough loss that they had against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers last night. Okay, that's fair. Um, I, myself, I'm looking to pick – oh, man – Mm. She just picked the Cardinals. No, who are they playing? San Fran. Oh yeah, I'm not gonna do that. I'm going to take. I want to take. I wanted. To, I wanted to take the Titans. Like I really wanted to take the Titans. Yeah, I'm worried about that game though. It's like Titans Jags. Jags had ten days to repair. I'm gonna go yeah. with our uh, good old friend Tom Brady and take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Over the Miami Dolphins, they are 10-point favorites, according to DraftKings. Yeah, lock it up. La, 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 lock it up. (laughs) (laughs) No, you lock it up. (laughs) All right, brother. Well, now we have liftoff plane has, has taken off. We've enjoyed this wonderful ride because the Jets won. Hopefully they can win again on Sunday and um, wish I was going to be in London for this game. I should have been in London for this game, but you're supposed to COVID sucks. So yeah. Yeah. But anyway, from uh, until next time, we'll catch y'all next week. We won't be breaking down a pre a next game. Cause the jets are on by after this week, but we will, we, we will be breaking down the, the jets game against the Atlanta Falcons and previewing some stuff for the buy. We'll figure it out. But until next time, y'all, we appreciate y'all. We love y'all. Uh, make sure to catch us live next Tuesday at 7 p.m. right here, however you watched us on YouTube, Twitch, on Twitter. But also, if you if you miss it, you catch the, the, uh, the recording on YouTube. You also can catch it. In podcast platforms or on podcast platforms, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, whatever your uh, whatever your mode of operation is there. But until next time, y'all, we appreciate, we love you, we appreciate y'all, and uh, peace.